Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shani Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, podcast lovelies. I have committed to recording this introduction without stopping and starting over and yelling at myself. So wish me luck. I just hung up Skype with Jen Gotch. For those of you who don't know who she is, Jen Gotch is the founder and uh, creative vision behind Bando, which is a site that I link to all the time because it's just the happiest place to shop truly. Um, But she's also a mental health advocate, a writer, a podcaster, a amazing Instagrammer, um, and she dances in front of dumpsters. And if you follow her, you will know what I'm talking about. She is one of the women that I look up to um, as a single woman, but also as a creative woman, as somebody who wants to be a lot of things when she grows up. Um, I've always looked up to Jen and speaking with her today was an absolute privilege. So I'm so excited to share our chat with you. Um, A little bit of background, Jen released a book Um, two days ago as I record this, but about a week ago when you hear this. It's called The Upside of Being Down, and right now is when her book tour was supposed to be happening and all the, you know, launch fanfare and what have you. And that's not happening now. And it's it's all changed. Everything is different. And um it was it was kind of crazy to talk to Jen during this time and to see how things have have impacted her. But regardless, this is a book that is oddly perfectly timed. It is a incredible force in the mental health space and in the just like personal journey space. And I think, um, I think everyone needs to read it. I think everyone's going to love it. And I also think they're going to really love connecting with Jen as a person. So um, I'm going to play our interview for you and I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that everyone is staying very safe and very healthy and FaceTiming their friends all the time. And hopefully you've downloaded House Party and you've started playing fun games with each other because that has brought me and my friends a ton of joy. Um, as always, um, please join the Facebook group for this podcast because especially now it is such a necessary thing to have community around you. And our Facebook group is, is my favorite community. And I think that, um, it's helpful to have people that you can talk to and people that understand what it's like to be this alone at this time. So, um, all of you have been so supportive with me and I thank you for that. Um, you can also follow this podcast on Instagram or you can follow me on Instagram if you enjoy um, pictures of cats or these days I've started posting pictures of myself in all of my old vintage clothes because that's a thing that happens now. Um, so yeah, I hope um, I hope everyone is staying staying well. That means a lot to me that we are taking care of ourselves and taking care of each other. And without any further ado, this is my conversation with Jen Gotch. Podcast lovelies, it is an amazing day for me, for you, for everyone, which is really saying something because I am in quarantine, but I get to talk to Jen Gotch today. Welcome, Jen, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and for joining this audience. Uh, thank you for having me. We're we're in quarantine together. We are indeed. We are <laughs> indeed. Literally all of us everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's funny writing an interview to record during quarantine because I'm adding in questions that I hope I don't have of to keep course. in there very long. Of course, um, yeah. But I want to keep it, you know, a little bit honest, like where it's a yeah. very unique time. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to speak to you is because I think we both do a lot of work that hopefully makes people feel less alone. And yeah. it's ironic talking to you at this time when we are <laughs> here we are alone <laughs> the most alone like next level alone 
Um, So before we begin, I was uh, wondering what you would want an audience full of single women to know about you as we begin this chat together. Well, uh, that, I mean, that could take the whole 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) in and of itself. Um, But I guess I would say, it's funny, I... I didn't really identify as a single woman until I read the questions for this podcast. So I think maybe one of the, one of the things I would say that they could know about me in context of what, what we're talking about today is although I'm single, I actually don't really ever feel alone. Um, you know, I've managed to create a relationship with myself that certainly does not replace the relationship you can have with other people, but I never think of myself that way. Um, which also probably makes it clear that I am an optimist, which I think is the other biggest thing about me right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You tell me if you think there's something else that I should let people in on. I'm never good at, uh, explaining myself or I know you at some point you'll want me to explain Bandeau, in which case I'll probably ask you to do that too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they should be familiar with Bandeau because every time I write, I write shopping roundups once a month for single women specifically because the only content ever created for us is just dating apps and dating stories. So I write things for them that are not that. And there's yeah. always a floaty or a tumbler or something hanging out in there. So I hope they know what it is, but we will, we will get into Bandeau for sure. Yeah. Um, and everything else I want them to know, I feel like they need to find out. Like, I'm just going to tell them, like, you have Google, you have a local bookstore oh you can go to. Like, let's get after it. Um, I'm where... sorry for whatever you find. <laughs> where do you find yourself in social distance from other humans these days? And how has the evil mistress Corona impacted you these days? Um, well, I would say where I've found myself is I've, I've taken, taken, taken myself out to the desert. Um, so I am severely social distanced. (laughs) Um, but I think, you know, how it's affected me, um, probably the biggest thing is that I, uh, published my first book, uh, on March 24th. So just a few days ago, um, and had a book tour, a six week book tour scheduled that, um, slowly disintegrated. (laughs) Um, and was something I was really looking forward to, but, um, you know, it's funny. I think I just don't really spend too much time pondering how I've been affected in what would be seemingly negative ways because I just feel like it's not really fruitful. Um, and I feel like it's funny because I ventured out to the store today. I had not been to the grocery store in two weeks and I was kind of waiting until I came out to the desert because there's no one here. And, um, at the end she asked me to sign for, um, for the, and I kind of welled up with tears because I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm not going to sign any. I just looked at her and I was like, sure. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's such a weird thing to think how each of us is being affected and something that from the outside looking in might be a really big thing, could a potentially devastating thing for me to know that my book may not reach the amount of people I wanted and someone who doesn't know me isn't going to just like pass by it in the store and I'm not going to get to hug and kiss the hundreds of people that I had planned to. But, um, I appreciate, I mean, I'm trying to just find appreciation in the opportunities that we're all being given right now to introspect. (laughs) And you have a thriving bunny community to hang out with where oh my you are God. in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> I was really delighted by that because one of the photos you posted of your previous bunny adventures was my birthday. So it was like, oh, oh really? how lovely. June 30th, there were bunnies oh about. And there will be bunnies about this year again on my birthday. <laughs> Hopefully we'll all be about on my birthday. Um, yeah. I was going to say, though, I feel like if you walked by it, you definitely would pick it up because it's bright yellow. And yeah, no, you, if you walked by it, you would, I just feel like the places in which you would walk by it are not, not open or are soon to be closing. So, but yeah, that was the whole, I mean, the whole strategy in the cover design was like, let's make it so bright that you can't resist it even from far away. Um, well, mine so. came an hour ago and oh, wow. 
one hour ago it was delivered and I was hoping it would get here a little sooner so that I could read more than the introduction before we spoke. But um, it is, it's something I've been looking forward to for a long time since you announced it. I had been watching your Instagram and I knew that some kind of an announcement was coming and I don't know why I didn't think that it could have been a book, but when you said that it was, I was ecstatic. My favorite genre of book these days especially is, is personal memoir written by women. And I have yours that I'm going to read. I'm in the middle of Angelica Houston's second one. And I have Glennon Doyle's new one on my table right now. Oh, wow. There's so many amazing ones. Thank you. (laughs) You are are in a a beautiful, colorful pile on my coffee table. You, Glennon Doyle, Gary Gennetti, um, lots of bright, bold colors in books on my desk, which are really cheering me up and and giving me so much to look forward to. Um, I love it. How would you describe what you do for a living and what do you love most about what you do? Mm. Well, I'm in a very, had you asked me this question even a year ago, I would have a different answer. Um, I have a couple professions now, so, um, I'm probably most known for being the founder and chief creative officer of Bandeau. Um, but also, as we're talking, uh, I am now an author and have spent the better part of the last year and a half working on that book. Um, so my days are a little all over the place. Um, you know, as far as my role at Bandeau, it really, what it has come to mean for me and the brand and the business is to sort of serve as a North Star for the company Um, and kind of stay several steps ahead of what we're doing. We're in maybe a couple years ago, my day looked like meeting, 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 (laughs) meeting. Um, You know, what should the product line look like? What should the tagline for this collection be? How many emails should we send? Um, And now it's really more about like, where do I want us to be in two to five years? And how do I kind of get ahead of that? and then sort of gut check everything that we're doing today. And then, um, you know, on the, on the writer side, um, I mean, I'm, I've already started planning my second book, which I actually started writing when I was writing the first book because I got stuck writing the first book and I'm like, I'll just write this other one. Um, but so, so really how that leaves me day to day is it's, it's very fluid. I'm only, I'm almost feeling like I'm, been living the life of a freelancer, which I was a freelancer for like 14 years prior to starting Bandow. So, um, a very windy answer to your straightforward question, but that's, that's what I'm known for. (laughs) That's okay. I love that. I like windy answers. Mine is also a windy answer. And I used to feel really self-conscious that I couldn't just tell people in one sentence, like, this is everything I do in a nice little package, but I'm I'm glad I do too many things to say in one breath. I think that that that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. When I wrote this question, it was because I wanted to, like you're speaking to a a group of single women right now, and I know that a lot of them consider entrepreneurship and and certainly even more of them consider pursuing their passions um, well beyond that. And so the question that I wrote for you was like, how did your career evolve into where you are now and sort of being that person that's forward thinking for Bando? But I realize that's like really massive as a question. And I'm wondering if I can break it down into a smaller piece, like what would you say to someone listening who admires your career path and just wants to put the first step forward, like one foot in front of the other, like what would be a good starting line? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I mean, in your question was some good advice, which is just put one foot in front of the other. Like I think, um, the way careers and career trajectories are served up for us. It was, it's like you take one step and then you take this other giant step and then you're there and it's a straight line, um, to that career. And I, that's very contrary to my experience, which was, I kind of let, this is sort of me as a person also, but I sort of let the experiences take me where they were going to take me and just leaned into whatever it was that was interesting me or fueling me the most at that time um, and didn't make decisions out of desperation or, um, you know, for me, there was not this final goal, like the, the idea of starting a company and being in the role that I'm in now was not nowhere on my radar, but it's amazing. And so I think, you know, knowing that, 
you just have to like identify what is fueling you in the moment and you can have your um, future goal. But I think what, what a lot of people will find is like it changes over time and you end up somewhere else and it's wonderful. Um, and like, even for me, I'm not done. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about what we're talking about is not something that I would have imagined three years ago. Um, you know, I thought my path was kind of set, which is a silly thing for me to think, but, um, I would, you know, so in a nutshell, I would say like, don't, don't worry about getting all the way there. Um, I, I did so much uh, that didn't make any sense career wise, job wise, that it's like, why are you even doing this? And now I look back and almost every single one of them has contributed to my profession now and my profession now will contribute to whatever I do in the future. Do you find that in just sort of putting one foot in front of the other, you're sometimes I've found that I can have goals and I can pursue them and and I love the journey as much as I love wherever I'm going and, and getting there. But I've also found that like I'm often delighted by things that were not even goals because I didn't know they existed. I didn't know it could happen. So like I can set a goal, but I think it's kind of more fun to let life show you what the next step is because it might be better than you could have imagined for yourself. 100%. I mean, I think the fact that, and, and I think right now we're really being taught that lesson as a, as a planet, but I think the idea that we are in control of our own destiny <laughs> and that we could plan for the future in such a specific way is really just not a reality. And that's also not to say that like, if your dream is to be an accountant and you study accounting and then you work for an accountant and then you become an accountant, like that's completely possible too. But I imagine for a lot of people listening, especially if you're creative or that you are interested in becoming an entrepreneur, um, goals are great. Plans are great. I think I talk about it in the book. Uh, you know, having a plan is great, but being able to pivot from that plan at any time is even better. Yeah. I like the surprises that come up. I I have learned to stop seeing surprises as a negative and start seeing them as like what's possible and and being excited by that instead of being afraid of it has been really helpful. Yeah. Agreed. So I have an iridescent tumbler for morning and a floral tumbler for the afternoon. <laughs> but for people who are unfamiliar, what is Bando? <laughs> well, like I alluded to earlier, it has uh, always stumped me when I'm trying to describe what Bando is because the sentence or sentences that I'm that I will eventually get to and say for you um, don't feel like they express really what it is. And what I realized a couple months ago is more than anything, Bando is a state of mind. And I think that's why it's hard for me to put into words what it is. You know, I mean, what it is, is a women's lifestyle company that uses our products and our platforms to encourage joy and help our community feel their best. Um, uh, part of which is iridescent tumblers <laughs> because, uh, what we look at and what we see is uh, a huge contributor to joy. Um, but you know, more than that, we're about optimism and personal betterment and connection and humor and fun. Um, and so it just so happens that it translates into products and, uh, a lot of social media. <laughs> I am very grateful for those products I have developed during this quarantine, even though I'm a freelancer and I'm used to working from home all the time, losing the choice to leave and go do what I want has, uh, I've developed a charming condition, which I've called afternoonsies. And it's in general, like this malaise that sets over the afternoon. I feel very, very down. And one of the things that has helped apart from just Harry Potter marathons has been going on Bando and just looking at new arrivals because they do cheer you up like seeing fun happy things cheers you up I must have scrolled that massive sale recently just like 10 times because first of all it's delightful because it's on sale like let's be real but also just like anything that sparkles I'm like a magpie I'm drawn to it obviously I'm speaking to Jen in my New Year's Eve top for those (laughs) of you who can't see me um it is it is very much a state of mind it's unique that a site that sells 
awesome lifestyle products is a state of mind. But that's really, I think, what you've achieved. And I love it. I have loved it for years and really can't recommend the tumblers enough if you like drinking out of straws. Um, (laughs) Reusable straws, no less. Yes, exactly. That's actually why I got the first iridescent tumbler. I I used to go, when I had a job outside of my home, I used to go to Starbucks every morning and I couldn't stand the reality of the cup situation. So I got the tumbler and I swear to you, every single barista asked me where I got it. Every single one on the front end of the line and the back end of the line. They were like, where is this from? So it's like its own walking advertising. I love it. Um, I love it. I, so, I have a I have a tumbler, but yes. I, I'm I'm actually a, a very late adapter to the tumblers. Um, but we we did this one that's basically encouraging you to drink more water. And at the beginning of the year, I was like, "This is this is the year." I'm 48, and I'm finally going to start drinking water. And I literally, I never. I'm like, it's with me all the time, and I have. I'm probably going to have to pee at some point <laughs> during <laughs> during our talk, which I promise I will hold it and I won't pee my pants. But um, yeah, I'm pretty proud of, of all that. I do the same thing. I always say if there's water around, you will drink it. All you have to do is put it on the desk next to you. You will drink it. Listen, and then that, to me, you use the straw as the vehicle. It changes everything. I mean, everything. just really speeds up the whole process. <laughs> I mean, seriously, your book... The Upside of Being Down came out two days ago. Yeah. Um, who needs to read it? <laughs> well, at this point, everyone, um, you know, because it's at its core, it's about optimism. But, you know, when I when I wrote it, I, I set out to um, write something for people that were struggling with their mental health and not necessarily just mental illness, Um uh, you know, I, I struggle with mental illness, but I have really good mental health most of the time. And I think um, sometimes people confuse that and think if you have mental illness, like you're, that's it. And I also think that there are people that have no mental illness that actually struggle a lot with mental health issues. Um, and so I really wanted to write something that showed how I used those struggles to sort of turn them into strength and success and, um, sort of reflect people back to themselves. And so, so initially it was, I felt like my audience would be similar to the Bando audience. And, and again, certainly people that were struggling, uh, especially with anxiety. Um, and I mean, now, you know, I think we're all faced with too much time on our hands and, um, a real lack of optimism and um, just feeling very scared and anxious and defeated. And so I think my audience for the book broadened, not necessarily in the way that I would have hoped, but um, yeah, I mean, I honestly think it, it's for everyone now. You know, I, I feel like your audience specifically, there's a lot in there. You know, I write about divorce Um you know, I talk a lot about, you know, my singular experience that I'm having as well as mental health issues, entrepreneurship, emotional eating. I mean, it goes on. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a book. I was like, man, did I pack four books into this book? <laughs> when I was reading the audio book, I was like, wow. And the guys that I was recording it with, they're like, yeah, I know it's like therapy. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, and that's not to say I'm horrible as you can probably tell by listening to me speak at self-promotion. So it's not like everyone should read the book, but I feel like what's being, um, sort of repeated back to me is just that, you know, the thing I didn't know I needed, I do need it. So. I think everybody kind of wants to feel less alone at the moment. And yeah. I, I say that for, for singles and couples alike, it's still possible oh, to yeah. feel super alone, even if you have someone with you yeah. and anything that helps people feel like other people are experiencing difficulty and processing it and having a journey through it. I feel like that's, that's how we connect with people. I think it it's, I am, I am heartbroken for you about the tour, but I hope that when all of this is over, it is twice as big as it was originally intended because you got to come and see all of us. Cause we're going to, oh, I know. Say hi. I hope so too. I, I, um, although I feel like whatever the script is already written. So <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Like it's we're true. not going to change any of this. Like Mm-mm. we're so not in control. Just like ride the wave because what option do you have? 
Yeah. Yeah. And have fun with it even when it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, writing a book, in my opinion, is a really big goddamn deal. And <laughs> one of the things I like to do as a creator of content for single women is to shatter the kind of myths and adages that surround our lives. And one of my least favorites is this wouldn't mean anything without someone to share it with. Oh. Which um, I've heard people, you know, when somebody accepts an Oscar, like this wouldn't mean yeah, anything yeah, yeah. if you weren't with me and blow. I'm like, honey, it would still mean just as much, but okay. Um, yeah. Like my podcast that you're on right now turns a year old in a week. And oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'll probably wear this top again. Um, okay. I think, I like to think that I would be just as happy and just as proud if I was with someone as, as being by myself. Like I don't necessarily think that I have to have a partner to yeah. share my joy with for my joy to be just as big. Yes. Um, how do you celebrate and champion your accomplishments as a single woman or just as a human being? Like how do we lift up our successes in a world that always likes to focus on the thing that we don't have? Um, well, I start by not focusing on the thing that I don't have. Um, and again, like I just, I guess I just don't think of it through that lens. Like I, I feel incredibly surrounded by incredible support and energy, both through people I know and people that I just know online. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a of a good answer to that question. I mean, I think it's a very dangerous thing to put uh, that kind of power into other people's hands, just in general. Like whether I'm single or not single, I think um, looking inside for for that sense of accomplishment is the only thing that we can do and like my success is measured against myself and not anything that anyone else is doing. So I think my perspective on it is, is a little bit different. He, he, the flip side that I will say is I'm really not great at celebrating accomplishments or even sort of receiving, um, like accolades. I, it's, it's really, I have a huge issue with self-worth that I'm really trying to work through, but it, it makes it hard for me. So I don't know that I have a great answer for that other than trying to be aware of that, that trait of mine and find the moments where I can let it in. And I think the book releases a great example. You know, when I saw the writing on the wall and it was, and knew that it was going to be, um, much different. And that I was going to, in fact, celebrate this huge milestone in my life all by myself. <laughs> um, you know, I think I just, I got myself to a physically to a place, you know, the, my place in the desert is I mean, the desert is a really magical place. So I made it a point to arrange for house sitting and, get, get myself out here and then just canceled everything I had to do that day. I mean, obviously there were like interviews and, um, all sorts of stuff. And I said, I just want to set myself up for success to try and receive as much as I can, you know, and, um, and just sort of bask in it. And I think, uh, no matter what that, what that is for you, you don't have to write a book to set yourself up to feel that way. But I think, um, again, just knowing that, I mean, as single women, like we're really in control of a lot more, you know, but I, I think it's a very empowering place to be. So I agree. And I also think we should wear pretty dresses and dance in the desert because yeah. that was, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have a day. I don't know. No one is going to take this day from me. <laughs> exactly. And so many of us were having the day along with you. I was overjoyed to see you celebrating in the way that you could celebrate out in the desert. And that dress is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, that's my, that's my dress for my first tour date. You know, like I, 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 and so I was like, I got to take that dress with me. But yeah, I felt, I felt that, um, you know, we were all enjoying it together. It felt really good. It, it was a really special day. Good. I'm glad. One thing that I really admire about you as a follower, particularly of your Instagram, is that you share 
the highs and the lows in equal measure. And when you do, you speak of them as if we're on a continuum. There is no like, mm. okay, everything's fine forever now. Like that's not, no. that's not the tone that you take at all. And I, I love seeing flow to life. And I'm, I'm wondering how you arrived at that perspective. Um, probably by being convinced that when everything was all right, it was going to stay all right forever. And that when everything was awful, it was going to stay awful forever. And then having, having that debunked (laughs) over and over again, I eventually came to terms with the fact that like, you know, just the concept of impermanence and that love and joy, you know, are just as fragile and temporary as depression and anger and um, darkness and decided that I would just ride the wave and embrace that. I, I've, I have found that like acceptance over resistance just in general is the most liberating thing that you could do. And I was a huge resistor. Like I wanted things my way and I wanted to be able to control the situation so I didn't have to feel pain or didn't have to be scared of losing pleasure. And, um, when I, when I changed my perspective, it made what you just described really easy for me. I don't even think about it. I mean, it's just a a fact in my mind. Do you think that we don't spend enough time as we grow up and even as we're developing our adulthoods, I don't think that we spend enough time understanding that life is so much more rooted in change than we're yeah. told. I don't think anything yeah. is forever. Forever yeah. is a very bullshit concept. And I, I yes. don't you think like we have a lot of room to weave change into the way we educate ourselves? Oh, 100%. I mean, and we're, we're facing that opportunity right now. I mean, I'm one of the weirdos that's actually excited about what's happening because Um, I feel like collectively we're going to come to a lot of those conclusions um, as grownups and be able to pass that knowledge on and understand, man, I wish I would have known this when I was 16. You know, there's a lot, even in writing the book and some of the realizations I've had, I was like, gosh, I wonder if I would have known that as a teenager, if, you know, what, what my life would have been. So, so yes, uh, you know, Absolutely. Again, I think just like getting a real handle on what what life is about and how much of it is out of our control and how much that doesn't matter. Like that's not the thing. Um, I think a lot of people are going to come to that conclusion. I mean, and and we'll all be better for it. I agree with you. And that is a fabulous segue into my next question, which is what, (laughs) what do you know now that you wish you could tell former iterations of yourself? Mm, Gosh, so much. Um, where do I even begin? Um, I mean, one of the things, like I was saying, resistance is such a huge indicator of, um, at least for me. And I think that holds true for a lot of people. I think the things we resist the most are the things that we shouldn't be resisting at all. Um, and so I've, been able to go from a resistor to like someone who is really conscious of my resistance and is like, "Mm, I'm probably gonna have to deal with that instead of avoid it, um, or resist it. Um, sort of on the same note, I think the concept that our, the narrative that our mind spins for us all day long is not actually the truth. Uh, 90% of the time, especially when you're talking about, um, like negatively charged thoughts. Um, and I don't think at any point in my childhood and college, young adulthood, did anyone ever, um, toss up that concept to me that like that voice in your head, it's not you and you don't have to believe it. Um, that learning that, uh, was just a game changer for me. Um, and I think actually really set me up for success in the particular situation that we're in right now. Um, and then as a total left turn, (laughs) I read a book attached for when, when any of us ever get in another relationship or maybe reflecting back on why a relationship didn't work. And I learned about attachment styles and, and it doesn't just apply to romantic relationships. I mean, it, it, I've seen those styles come up in my friendships as well, but there was, I, it was like, 
I read the book in one night. I could not put it down. And I was like, man, I wish I would have known this as a teenager specifically um, to just understand that so much of what happens in other people's reactions have nothing to do with us. <laughs> you know, we're all operating in our own bubble. And um, so I would highly recommend that book since we all have time to read after you read mine, obviously. Um, uh I don't know. I just, I gained so much insight from that. And literally the first thing I did was like call all of my friends that have uh, teenagers and I'm like, you're going to want to read this and then find a way to slip this into conversations with your kids. <laughs> I will link to both your book and that book in the show notes below yep. for anyone who needs reading material <laughs> Wait, right now. Can I give you one more book then? Of course. Since we're, because this sort of applies to the the initial concepts concepts I was talking about. Um, the Untethered Soul by Michael Singer um, talks a lot about our relationship with our thoughts. And there's a, obviously a lot of books that talk about that that are wonderful. But this, I feel like, is a great point of entry if that's not something you've considered before because I think he puts it in terms that are like a little bit easier to digest. I don't think we spend enough time in general in our young adulthood or, or teenagers even learning how to be people. Like it's yeah. just assumed that you soak up enough information along the way about everything that you're <laughs> supposed to. Like we don't spend any time in any kind of educational setting on how to be a person ever. Like it's yeah. just assumed that you are going to have all this knowledge. And if you don't have it, you're like bad at personing, but yeah. maybe you just don't innately have that knowledge and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, I didn't yeah. start reading self-help books until I was 36. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Like, what well was done. I doing? Thank you. What was I doing? Like, all that time with, like, what, novels? Come on. Like, yeah. really? There were, there's such a broader spectrum of, like, like, I was reading essentially travel books, novels, and the internet. And I feel like that was a very limiting. Yeah. Limiting... That's so interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm on the other side of that. I think I started reading self-help books at 17. So nice. Um... <laughs> There are so many and they're so wonderful and so like, I mean, every single time I read one, I feel like I just, and my jaw is open the whole time. I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why wasn't I even trying to be a more informed human being or like at least a more like conscious one prior to now, but better late than never, I guess. I think, I think part of it, I, I would imagine that the deterrent for part of it, um, is that they're called self-help books and it, it, sort of indicates that there's a problem and you need help. And I feel like that's a tough thing for a lot of people to admit. I, I look at it more as um, personal growth and building self-awareness. And I read them for that reason. Like I read them to learn, not because I'm um, suffering necessarily. Although if I am, I kind of go, I that's the first place I go to is like, what can I learn about my suffering? But I think beyond that, it can really just enhance your human experience. So self-help needs a rebrand for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. It is long overdue. Um, what have you been doing in the last, what are we at now? Two weeks in mm. terms of Corona coping, has there been anything that you've been doing that has really helped you, um, chill out, stay present, stay positive, optimistic, things like that. Yeah. Y- you know, um, I'm not going to say what I've been doing because I feel like it wouldn't help. And it's so specific to my situation because yeah. I've been preparing for a book launch and which has also, um, forced me to be on my phone and on social media about a hundred times more my phone is like, hello, your screen time. It just keeps giving me these screen time alerts. I'm like, I know, but this is my means for connection right now. Um, so I would not recommend that at all. Um, you know, I think, I think I went very quickly into self-preservation mode. Um, and especially for me as someone who, you know, struggles with bipolar disorder and anxiety, um, I have to get ahead of those situations. And so, um, I immediately stopped watching the news. Um, you know, if, if anything major is going to happen, I feel like it'll happen. I I feel like I'll find out about it. Um, so I'll, I'll do a morning, I'll do just a morning gander. The New York times sends out like a briefing. I'll just 
go through that and then I'll hit one news source at the end of the day if I'm feeling like I could handle whatever would be served up and that's it. Um, and then I think really, um, the, the other thing that, that I've talked about a little bit already, but you know, mindfulness and like really being conscious of my thoughts and not indulging, um, my mind and my ego to take me to places, uh, story stories of potential outcomes that I have no proof will ever <laughs> exist, right. you know? And I think what so many of us are doing are just like ruminating cause we have a lot of time to think. And I think it's like, I, I kind of am trying to have a lot of time to not think and just be, and, um, whether that's like going outside and taking my shoes off and like grounding or staring at the sky or meditating, you know, um, I think it's really important to try and slow that down. I, I don't think it can, I think it'd be a hard thing to like completely eradicate right now, but I, but I, I guess avoid avoiding triggers and like being conscious of my thoughts are probably the two biggest things um, that I'm doing. And then the other thing is, I, like I said, I was at the grocery store. I went down that candy aisle and I was like, wouldn't this be a great time to be locked in a house with everything that you're trying not to eat? And, Cause I, I, I went on an anti-inflammatory diet at the beginning of this year because I've literally spent the last three months physically and emotionally preparing for all the travel I was going to do. Um, and so part of which was cutting a lot of stuff out of my diet and I quit drinking and, um, everything. And I was like, Ooh, I could get some cheese. <laughs> I don't know. Get some Swedish fish. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I like was talking to myself in the store and I was like, this is, don't do that. Like, you don't have to say that now's the time to go off the rails. So I think just like trying not to be so self-indulgent. Then that's not to say like, if I, I, I said, here's what I said to myself. If you need, if you need a Kit Kat that badly, you will put on your protective gear and you will go to the gas station and you will get one. And that's how badly you're going to have to need it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully something in there was helpful. <laughs> All of it was. And I'm sorry about the sounds of the motorcycle gang rolling by outside my window. I feel like they need to go home and quarantine like the rest of us. Like, what is going well, they have on? motorcycles. I mean, that's kind of cool for them that they can, like, get a little fresh air. There's definitely, like, a, um affinity for motorcycles in the neighborhood that I'm in in Brooklyn because there's oh. a lot of them. And I feel like maybe they're, like friends there was once a huge convention of them on the basketball court next to where I live and I was like oh this is a thing this is uh, very much a local thing in bedside there are dudes that love their motorcycles and ladies but my gosh, that's amazing it is amazing unless it's 3 a.m just saying <laughs> yeah um, yeah so beyond uh, Corona times, mental yeah. health <laughs> mental health is a very broad spectrum. And regardless of where we find ourselves on it or when, um, I like to think that we don't have to figure everything out, everything out alone. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are any resources that you suggest for anyone who is having any kind of tough time right now or in the future. Sure. I, I mean, obviously, um, figuring out what your support system is is to me is very important and whether that's a therapist, a therapist and a psychiatrist, a friend who is super knowledgeable and self-aware, a coworker. Um, again, right now, some of that stuff is hard to get to. So I would always go back to books there, even just a Google online. Um, now is such, such a huge opportunity to, learn more about ourselves. And I, I equate so much of my sort of like ability to thrive through, um, really compromised mental health, um, because of my self-awareness and my emotional intelligence. And so, um, for all the ways that there are to find external support, there's, there's like we have it all inside of us. It's just a matter of accessing it um, and understanding 
ourselves in a deeper way. And like, there's so much of that information out there. Um, I mean, it is something that I really tried to put forth in the book. Um, again, because if I had to take everything away, that would be the one thing I would be asked to be left with. Like if my whole support system had to crumble, um, knowing that I could be that for myself and knowing how to do that, um, is the, to me, the most powerful thing. I am so excited to get into this book. I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, I and I'm, you think. I, I am. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, this one's yellow. There's a whole rainbow left. If you wanted to do volumes, and it could oh just be gosh, this like idea set on my shelf of Jen Gotch. Um, so we're all about to read the book, but I'm curious, what are you reading right now, or watching, or or anything? Yeah, I um, am rereading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle um, and finding it very interesting. Um, uh, And then outside of that, I'm reading a lot of comments on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I've spent most of my time reading. Um, I most recently, I don't really, I don't have TV or anything out here, but I most recently watched McMillions, which I thought was very good and completely took my mind off of everything in the situation. And also, strangely enough, there's a Formula One uh, docuseries on Netflix about Formula One drivers and that whole thing. And... I mean, it may be because I'm a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, and <laughs> I love a good look into the male ego, oh, yeah. um, but I found it fascinating. Like, it's two seasons. I could, I literally could not get enough of it. So, but probably, I probably just said some things that you would not have expected I would have said, but... <laughs> Well, you are also talking to a closet Fast and Furious fan. like. Oh, great. Well, now you're out. Okay, absolutely. I mean, so, the first one is like, no. I will. I will. I consider the first Fast and Furious movie iconic. Like, absolutely yeah. well, iconic. Fast and Furious 5 is, I think, the best in the franchise, but we can discuss offline. <laughs> I think it's empirically the best film, like the best story, the best made, all of that. But like in terms of like defining moments in my young adulthood... Right. Paul Walker right. in the right. first uh, one is a mood like yeah. uh, anyway. totally. Um, so my I live for a poofy sleeve. So my favorite item yeah. on Bando at the moment is this white top with poofy sleeves and like daisies. Do yeah. you stop yeah. it? Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be mine soon. Um, what is your personal favorite item for sale on Bando.com at the moment? If you can pick one. Ugh, I I mean, it is a complete impossibility like I there's no way that I could pick one I I would say in the in the the very moment that I'm in right now uh there's no way I could not say the dress that I wore for for launch day um uh that said it's at quite an aspirational price point it's from an amazing indie designer um so I so I'd, I'd rather think of something that's a bit more inclusive, um, in which case I would say, I mean, I really like so much. And I have to tell you, there have been times in our history where I was like, I hate everything on this website. Please take it down. <laughs> and I feel so counter to that now because of the work we've done. But we have a wellness workbook um, that I feel like if speaking of a support system is – uh, support system in a workbook and it's really beautiful um and I feel like that I feel like that one really packs a punch so that's that would be my favorite I think the planners also pack a punch because totally they're so optimistic and so uplifting I was having a really rough end of the summer 2018 and I had gone through, I had found that like in going through the planner, I put stickers all over it and Mm -hmm. in placing stickers all over the planner that made me feel better. So I bought the book of stickers, which I still have because there's so many in it. You will never run out of them. It's so true. It's so Um, like calming to put stickers on shit. Why is that true? This, I, for me, um, you know, as a child of the late seventies, early eighties, like stickers were a huge thing, sticker collecting, trading. And I think that went on for 
other generations. But um, when we shifted our product line up from hair accessories into these lifestyle products, um, and we and we created that planner, I was like, well, we have to do a sticker book, and they were like, no one, no one will buy a sticker book. And I, and I was like, you, you cray. I'm like, people will buy a sticker. We're on our fourth or fifth volume. We have sold, I, I would imagine hundreds of thousands. And, um, I feel like they are little adhesive pieces of joy and completely agree with you. And I'm so thrilled to hear you say that. So I was in a sticker club when I was a child. I used to mail order stickers. You know how you did like the scholastic book thing? Like my favorite part was always stickers. I was in a separate sticker club that was like it specified or like uh, specialized in Chrome stickers because I'm a magpie. So good. Uh, Yeah. Love that. I love stickers so much. Oh my God. Um, So if every book that you have sold and are about to sell could come along with a personal message from you written inside of it what would you say to everybody connecting with this for the first time um I hope this helps you see that there's always an upside (laughs) that's a good answer thank you very good answer I like that I'm gonna write it inside of my book anyway please Um, do so I'm obviously going to link to the book and to Bando in the show notes below, but what are the other ways that, that someone listening can follow along with you and honestly your dad and keep up with what's going on in your world? Well, he's Dr. Jamie 14 on Instagram. So, um, that is a, that's an imperative follow. Um, <laughs> and my Instagram, which is just Jen Gotch is probably, the best way, although I'm getting a lot of pressure to go on TikTok, uh, I just don't know if I can handle at my age another social media channel. But I feel like those are the places I I I, I once had a podcast. Um, I feel like it's still very relevant. That's called Jen Gotch is okay sometimes. Um, so that could be it. I mean, if you're really looking to get deep, that's you could go there. But otherwise, the places that you named or where you could find me. Fantastic. Do not feel pressure to join TikTok. Nobody here is going to ask you to. That's not, <laughs> that's not a requirement. Um, thank you so much for lending us your time and your words of wisdom and your optimism. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're quite welcome.